Warning, what you are about to hear is real. This is no audio drama. There is no script. Real people will engage in improvisational role play, making it up as they go along, prompted, some might even say railroaded, by the game master. So, in that sense, this isn't really real, but it is real. Oh, and we swear. Plus, there might be adult situations. Hence, the warning at the beginning. Maybe we should put one at the end, too? Listener discretion is advised. Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft tapes. This is Case 12, Color of Lightning. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore, and we play Call of Cthulhu, a sci-fi horror role-playing game. Your investigators of the unknown are... Gabe as Roy. Roy Arroyo is ready. Matt as Rocky. Clowns. Why is it always clowns? Brian as Pippa. Well, I've got good news and bad. I'm number two in Arkham, and that's shit. So you're saying Pippa is the shit? You're number two. You're number two. Welcome back, players. How is everybody doing tonight? I'm great. You don't feel like shit? That's shit. Glad to hear. I'm, I'm doing fine. Thanks for asking. We didn't. Listeners, if you would like to provide some feedback or praise about our podcast, or just say hi to me or those guys too, it's fine. Drop us a letter from beyond on our website at lovecrafttapes.com. And we do have just two little oh. short letters from... Mick Cope, who says, Hey, seeing that you've broadcast tapes on Twitch but can't find tape one of the latest case, have I missed something? And as I explained to Mick, we basically broadcast live on Twitch, so we're playing the game, we're recording the game, and then later on I edit these audio files down to the podcasts and release those at a later date. If you're confused about why you're seeing this live and not hearing it on Spotify the next day, it takes a long time to actually edit these things. It's not instantaneous, and I do take some time to scrub, you know, each of our audio files and put them together and maybe rearrange them occasionally. The second letter we got was from Dino Hunter 34555 and it was a review. Uh, said, amazing podcast, five stars. I love this podcast, but does anyone else have an issue with not being able to find some of the episodes after tape three? They seem to scatter out from there. Uh-oh. So if you have Apple Podcasts, uh, let us know if you're having some issues. I went and I, I checked everything and everything seems to be perfectly fine. So I'm not sure what problems they may, may be having. I know that on a user-by-user user level, sometimes you have to like uninstall or wipe the cache of a particular podcast player, and that helps for sure. But if you do find something that is askew, let us know. And we will rectify it. <laughs> I, oh, sorry, Brian. Thanks. The show is brought to you in part by our generous fans and supporters on patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes. We want to thank all of you, particularly those uh, watching tonight on Twitch. Really appreciate that. Before we begin, we need to take a quick commercial break, guys. And now, a word from our sponsor. Psst, hey, you. Hey, listen, get down here. All right, no, squeeze, uh, squeeze, wait, no, I'll, wait, okay, I go, I go left, you go right, ow, 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 okay, getting tight, getting tight, get out, ouch, hey, whoa, whoa, careful where you're pointing that thing, oh, really hope that's your figure, okay, anyway, now that I got you here, I wanted to tell you about a new and upcoming company from your friends at HW Industries, shh, Secret Phones is your go-to source for installing all kinds of phones, in all kinds of nondescript places. You want a landline and a hole in a wall covered with a secret sliding panel? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can do that. I can do that all day. Look, you want a second phone that your spouse doesn't need to know about? Ooh, try putting a phone inside your bookshelf. That's a handy-dandy one there. You want something more exotic? Ah, I get it. I get it. So, Cho, check this out. Try a Billy Bass Conversion Kit. Yeah, that's right. Now your favorite singing fish can also double as your emergency communications device. I even got options for kids. I guarantee that I can stick a phone inside any 
No, wait. You hear that? No, no, no. Sh shut up. They'll find me. Wait. Wait. Okay, toy of your choice. Want to talk to your kid through the plush effigy of your favorite old one? Well, guess what? Call a Cthulhu. It's available now and ready to ship at a moment's notice. For the discerning agent on the go, check the right. Check this out. No, ah, hold on. No, no, I got that. Ow. Stop poking. Keep it down. Ah, there we go. Now just ig ignore the smell and the odd-looking growth. Look, my doctor said that he has a moist ointment that'll get rid of that. No, my shoe. My shoe. Look at my shoe. You see this? Well, this, it's not an ordinary shoe. It's a patented sh secret shoe phone. Look what I tell you. I got a secret phone for anybody and everybody. Now scram before you give away my hiding spot. Oh, oh, just remember that shh, secret phones is a wholly owned subsidiary of HW Industries. Don't forget, if it's not West, it's not the best. And we're back. What'd you guys think of that product under service? Oof, that's a lot of mouths to feed. I totally buy it. I mean, I got like, a hundred people following me on Instagram, that should work right. Well, if you're famous enough. I wouldn't buy this product, but if they paid me to promote it, like, really dangerously, I would. I'd give up all my morals for money. I have to agree 100%, guys. Uh, until this moment, I wasn't even sure I needed that product and service in my life. But now I know the truth. Before, my existence had been a meaningless, mere shadow of what could have been. Now it is filled with the promise of Thomas and hope of Dawn dish soap. Incidentally, Thomas and Dawn sounds like a musical variety act in the 70s, unwisely given a television show on ABC Saturday nights right after Lawrence Welk, but before Mannix. A sweet time slot, actually. Most people would have killed for that schedule. I'm pretty sure Andy Griffith did kill Andy Williams for that very reason, but we'll never know because Barney Fife bumbled the evidence and Columbo got it thrown out of court. Uh, night court, if I remember correctly. Or maybe my memory is faulty and that's all just a bunch of bull. I love bull. Shit. I, th I thought we weren't talking about that anymore. Now, dear investigators, we play Case 12, Tape 5, Time is a flat circus. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. Arkham has always seemed to be a lightning rod for the weird and unnatural. But the same could be said for our investigators of the unknown who tangle with dark forces beyond their comprehension at every turn. Despite a little help from the Keeper and a successful intelligence roll, Pippa promptly forgets to question her neighbors about the break-in at her house and instead leads her newfound friends on a doomed stealth mission into her backyard. Ignoring the obvious dangers of unearthing the past, Roy happily pitches in when Bugsy Jr. wants to dig up the collapsed well on Blaine Manor property, only saved from further excavation and potentially unleashing pure evil from the portal, when the task proves to be too much for two men laboring hot and sweaty, pantless and shirtless in the heat of summer. Rocky seems to be the only one getting lucky when an invisible courier drops off a perplexing SIM card and then Charlene delivers some sweet treats made with just a pinch of love. As a traveling sideshow blows into town, our intrepid trio begins to think its arrival may not be mere coincidence. Rocky why did it have to be clowns? As you watch the parade go by, your trigger finger itches to pull a gun that is no longer in your holster. In fact, you realize for the first time in years you have no weapon. Haven't had one these past few weeks. Heck, you haven't even thought about it. That must be a first for you. But why in God's name did it have to be clowns? A very painful memory you'd thought long repressed suddenly resurfaces, bobbing up like a bloated body from the ocean's depths. What happened to you, oh so long ago, that even now makes your stomach turn at the mere sight of grease paint and a red rubber nose? 
Well, you see, it all started one day long ago. I was a, 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 very, a young, a younger agent, very eager to get out there and, you know, go get them and prove myself. And so it was, um, it was my first, actually, solo field mission, all on my own in the, the big wide world. We had received reports of strange goings on in small towns all across uh, the Midwest. Uh, when I did my initial research into it, it turns out that the only thread linking these towns together was one traveling circus. It seemed that the general pattern was uh, there'd be a couple of people would show up and start drumming up interest. The circus would roll into town via train. They would set up. Festivities would begin. And shortly thereafter, the children of those towns would all start disappearing. Something about strange music in the night and children just up and leaving their beds. It seemed at the time that perhaps somebody at the circus was responsible. I mean, come on, mysterious circus, strange music, disappearing children. So I went undercover. That was a mistake. I did, however, learn to juggle really well. Anyway, one night as we were, um rehearsing, getting getting ready for an opening. We just, uh, Circus had just pulled into a new town. I managed to, to catch them in transit. I remember hearing them speak of a shadow man of some sort that always seemed to be with them. It wasn't an official member of the circus. He was just this strange figure. You, you could never see him head on. See, the thing is, is you only ever saw him out of the corner of your eye, out of, you know, for a split second as you swiveled your head. The fabric of reality is, in fact, more like fabric than most people would like to think. There is, in fact, a psychosomatic barrier, if you will, between different realms. And it's there for a reason. However, there are things, predators, I guess you could say, that are specialized in hunting between that boundary. And as it turned out, our shadow man was something from another space, whom had found a, a small rip in the fabric and was using it to push through and just so happened to have the circus as a cover. Unfortunately, this thing, whatever it was, was very, very adept in manipulating fear. Despite the fact that technically the circus really had nothing to do with it, it was more of a victim of circumstance thing. Still, when I dove dove into that rip in reality to fight this thing after, some of the things that he made me see in there, well, there's a good reason why I probably shouldn't have a gun around clowns anymore. Or monkeys, or elephants, or cotton candy... Circus peanuts, bales of hay and straw, railroads. I'm, I've been working on it for years. It's just, I'm getting there, but it's it's still a thing. So uh, we're going to need you to have you do a sanity roll, please. Oh, I needed a 63. I rolled an 81, so I fail. All right. So you will be taking one sanity damage. It just un unnerves you. Obviously, when you see these, uh, this, this particular clown holding up six fingers to you as it trails off in the wake of the carriages and you see these sharp teeth and it appears to be singling you out amongst the crowd that evening. Your involuntary reaction was probably to draw your gun which you didn't even realize you don't have anymore, right? You had thrown it in the portal at the Shambler. We'll just leave you there trembling. Roy, clowns don't bug you much. Mimes, though, that's a different story. And little people mimes causes your skin to crawl. They look like kids, but they're really grown-ups. Innocent looking on the outside, planning and plotting on the inside. Their silent movement and mute facial expressions are making a mockery of life, making fun of you. Plus, they could be hiding anywhere, stealthily creeping up on you from any direction in the dead of night. You shiver uncontrollably, the Sam Adams sloshing in your gut as you remember something that happened when you were seven years old that forever changed the way you feel about mimes. I knew I never liked mimes because I hate the French. I remember this one time where we went to the carnival, me and a couple of the guys, and we were expecting all kinds of clowns, and it was going to be a good time, and we were going to laugh at the clowns and make them spill their balloons and stuff like we always do. But there was just mimes. 
We were all mad, and we are like, why are there mimes? We're the clowns. We started talking to, like, security guards and stuff and asking. And uh, little did we know, behind us, all the mimes were mimicking us and, and trying to make fun of us as much as they can. They ended up getting a lot of people laughing at us. So, you know, obviously we got mad, as we do. We tend to get mad. Uh, we started shoving the mimes, and we got we ended up getting into a little bit of a fight with them, and they just kicked our ass. You know, they were just way better than us, and they're not like us, where we're amazing, merciful beings. These mimes, they were, they just were ruthless. I mean, once we got them going, they just, they just kept going at us. They, they were slamming our heads into the pavement. They all ended up getting fired right then and there. Cops ended up coming, having to break us up, but. I swear to God, every time I see a mime, I'm just reminded of that day because, you know, that was just not a good day. Pretty sure that those mimes are still out there looking for me. It's really their fault. We did nothing wrong, but they just decided to take it too far. They took a good thing too far, just like mimes do. There's nothing worse than mime bullies. They got lead pipes. Invisible lead pipes. They still hurt. They have no problem with mimes. He just thinks that a mime is a terrible thing to waste. You gotta eat all of it. There are starving children in Africa that would love to eat that mime. Mimes don't taste good, I'll be honest. Yeah, you're a little bit drunk. You're just feeling a little unstable to begin with. So we're gonna we're gonna need you to roll for sanity, please. Oh, I need a 60. I got a 25. That's a hard success. You become almost immediately sober. There was just a moment that you thought, maybe this stuff is gonna come back out. Sam Adams is going to meet the pavement, but you feel this anger steal you from the inside, and you clench your fists, and Bugsy Jr. is standing next to you, kind of looking at you like, what the hell's going on? And the procession continues past, and this wave of anger dissipates the alcohol you've been drinking, and you are stone-cold sober. Pippa, you rub your eyes, not really sure if you're seeing all this correctly. Was... Was that Tommy Dolby, the missing banker from Boston? Oh, God, you must be really hallucinating. It kind of looked like him, but taller somehow. Like, stretched out? His skin is pallid, bloodless, and his unblinking eyes stare straight ahead as he drives the horse-drawn carriage down Main Street. No, that can't be him. Just someone who looked like him. Then the carriage drives past, followed by another, with another Tommy Dolby look-alike in the coach seat. What is going on here? Sure, you'd only met Tommy a dozen times or so in the past, but you're sure you could pick him out in the crowd. He was a good bank executive, though there was something in his eyes that told you to be careful around him. As a matter of fact, you had lunch with him in Boston earlier this year, and that meeting made you even more suspicious of his true character. Uh, I'm always punctual, of course, which means I'm 15 minutes late. I got there, and he was already eating. I was a little shocked, because, yeah, I'm late, but 15 minutes, I mean, that's, that's pretty standard. He was already halfway through his meal, which threw me off. But that's fine. I sat down. I ordered my seltzer water and my salad. And we got right down to business. But it didn't seem like he knew what the meeting was about. We would start going over paperwork, and he was on top of everything, and the numbers were lining up. And then he would drift off. I'd almost catch him like staring out the, the window, looking out of the restaurant. It's like he, he was looking for somebody, or he kept seeing somebody that looked familiar, because he kept looking and then do a little head shake. I stopped everything, and I just made solid eye contact and I, I asked him are you okay did is there is everything okay and it's 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 like a light switch was turned on the flames were back in his eyes he was right back on the paperwork i'm sorry i was a little distracted let's get down to work let's get this taken care of i'm like okay so maybe he's just having an off day but after about 10 more minutes he did it again he slowly drifted off as i was speaking and i look up and he's staring out craning his neck to try to see somebody. I look. There's nobody there. Not even anybody walking on the sidewalk, which is a little strange, but lunchtime, maybe people were, you know, in the restaurants, whatever. So, of course, I never overreact, which means I overreacted. Grabbed all the paperwork. I said, maybe we can meet another time when you're not so distracted, or I could find somebody else that could help me with my, my closing. And as I was leaving, I did not want to look back, but I couldn't help myself. Looked towards the table, he wasn't there. 
how could he move so fast? That doesn't make any sense. He couldn't have left. But I glance over, and he's pressed up against the window looking out of the restaurant, pale as I've ever seen a person. Of course, never focused on myself and concerned about everybody else. I was focused on myself, and I took everything and got in my car and left. and didn't think of it again until today. Indeed, the pallid bloodlessness of the coachman reminds you of how pale Tommy Dolby was as he pressed himself to the window, looking out at you couldn't see what, but fixated on something. And that unnerves you to the extent that you'll need to roll for sanity. I needed an 89, which is a pretty good sanity. And I got a 98. You throw up your entire meal. You bend over halfway at the waist and just unleash. The full plate came out with all of the pasta. (coughs) There's the garnish. And uh, you feel dizzy, so dizzy at this stage that uh, you don't even really see as the twilight sideshow rolls into the darkness at the edge of town until nothing remains of their presence except the haunting strains of fading calliope music torn to shreds in the blustery wind. A single stroke of topaz electricity arcs from the heavens to strike the lightning rod atop the clock tower in the center of Arkham, followed immediately by deep, rumbling roars of thunder and heavy, stinging rain that disperses the surprised crowd of onlookers. You, too, stumble to find cover and make your way back home while the summer storm becomes more ferocious. So we didn't get to see the DeLorean come in? Damn it. Fitful sleep only serves to accentuate your unease as your mind wallows in half-remembered horrors, distorted faces laughing, shadows dancing at the periphery of your vision, while formless music drifts from a dark hole in the sodden earth. Then you are awake, and it is... Wednesday. The three of you are at Blaine Manor for breakfast, in your usual positions, Rocky at the stove making crepes, Pippa setting out a fresh jar of mayo, and Roy using his forefinger to dig out gooey clumps of Nutella. By now, this has become a comfortable routine, and you busily compare notes about last night's experience, deciding what your next course of action should be. There are many immediate questions yet to be answered. Who broke into Pippa's house and why? What information can Professor Wingate Peasley provide about the Yithian Starstone? Was that really Tommy Doyle driving the sideshow carriages or merely a creepy doppelganger? What encoded message will the SIM card eventually reveal? Is the collapsed well still harboring a portal to another dimension, or is it simply just another hole in the ground? (sighs) Have you guys ever seen anything that would resemble what I described? The Tommy could be driving multiple carriages? The same person? I I can't process this. Hold on. Yeah, I don't never uh, heard of someone... Doing the whole, hold on, sticky. The the two carriages thing at once. So I'm thinking we got uh, ghouls on our hands. What's a ghoul? What what? You never heard of ghouls before? Well, yeah, like kids books and stuff. There's no kids books. Those are accurate depictions. There's a chance that your psyche is just playing with you, but there's an equal chance that it's ghouls. I mean, let's be honest. So. There's monsters, is what you're saying. So universally and scientifically accepted truth that nothing good comes out of a circus. What about McGurkis? He came out of there. Um, so did Dumbo. Dumbo, look, don't listen to Rocky. He's just jealous because he would never get to come to the carnival and circuses with us. We didn't let him come because he was a scaredy pants. I get it. But the fact of the matter is that mimes suck and anyone that is one is a monster. I think that's really the root of our problem here. Yeah, let's be honest. Mimes at their worst are an annoying distraction. 
You see, the clown is what you really have to watch out for. Oh, oh, somebody read too much Stephen King as a little boy. Oh, no. Oh, I'm Roy. I'm afraid of a small person wearing face paint that follows me around and is trapped in an invisible box. Look, I'm not as much afraid of them as I hate them with a vitriol in my body and they skeeve me out. I'm not out here in tears because the man who also has face paint, by the way, you are also afraid of a guy in face paint. It's more than nose really you guys have a little more in common than you realize no we don't he's nothing like me no we don't absolutely nothing whatsoever because a mime's a clown that doesn't talk no it's not so, no they're totally different things are you hearing this roy face makeup children's entertainers no no children are entertained by mimes checkmate well i'm not saying they are but they're children's entertainers what no they aren't they're artistes according to them how do you know have you ever heard one refer to themselves as an artiste yeah Mimes talk to me in my sleep. <laughs> you have, huh? Wasn't a true mime, then. Boys, you act like you're in third grade. You act like you're in third grade. Haha. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I'm going to grab my stuff and go to the next room. We need to get to the bottom of this. I'll let you guys work it out. Have fun. You're going to be waiting a while if you want us to work it out before we move on. I meant the Tommy thing. I don't even know who Tommy is, if I'm honest. I mean, I know who he is and I know what he's about, but... Do I really know him? Does anybody really know anybody? Hey, Roy, do you think this is the same Tommy as the one we had to deal with in Louisiana, or is this a different Tommy? It's probably a different Tommy. I mean, there are more than one guy named Tommy. This one's deaf, dumb, and blind. What? But he sure plays a mean pinball. Well, we covered one of the nine things he listed. Go. All right, speed around the other eight. I just find it strange that the posters for the circus showed up before the circus. Why? That's standard practice. They advertise something before it comes. What's so strange about that? The weird thing is, is that when they showed up, I was the only person in the area. There was nobody else around. I made sure to double check my perimeters and everything. It was just me at that store. Advertising works on you, apparently. Doesn't work on the rest of us. Mind you, there was something strange in the alley behind the grocery store that I never did get a chance to examine oh, closer. Oh, yeah. I saw some weird stuff the other night. I forgot about that because it really was not a big deal to me at all. Pippa, didn't we say we were going to um, make a trip up to the university today? Yes. Yeah, that was my idea that you two stole, but okay. Pippa does have a appointment with Wingate Peasley at 2.15. Technically speaking, I was the one who was going to go to the university, and then Rocky was like, my idea, I took, I said it, I said it first, my idea. Oh, like, you've never done that before, Roy, let's be honest. If you want, I can come with you to your appointment, and then I might have to ask someone, but I'm pretty sure that somewhere on the university they have an expert in dead languages who might be able to help with these symbols. Yeah, we can go. You want to come to the university, Roy, or are you... I have a good idea, so... Since you stole mine, I don't feel like having this one stolen also, so I'll keep it to myself. I guess we could go early, couldn't we? If you need to find something, and then I can make my appointment after we've researched what you're looking for. That could work. Yes, it might be prudent to have some sort of wiggle in our schedule. So, how are we getting there today? Are you driving, or should I call... Some sort of service to get us there. Yeah, I guess I could drive. You've got, you got gas money? Running short on gas, but grass and hass are still in plentiful supply. Before you guys go, did one of you, uh, probably Rocky, did you hold on to that poster? You have that poster? Uh, yes, it's, um, it's right over here, and I'm going to pick it up. It was sitting on the, the dining room table the whole time. All right, and I'll just pocket that for my plans. I have plans. You don't know what they are, but they're they're around. Roll for plans. So we'll go ahead and split you guys up there. Pippa and Rocky are headed off to the university to try to find some information, and you're trying to decipher which thing now? The bracelets that we got um, had the, the weird symbols on them that I couldn't decipher. All right, so I'm going to go to the Arkham Welcome Center, where they know about all of the events that are going on in the town and such, where I can get information about this carnival. Uh, you go to the Arkham Welcome Center, and of course you can walk there. They're just opening up, and uh, there's there's an old dude. He's like 97 years old. You're pretty dang sure, because he's been around since you've been a kid, and he's looked the exact same way every year, all the time. He doesn't see you or hear you, because he's deaf, and he has cataracts, and he's very slowly putting out like pamphlets and stuff. Tap him to get his attention, because I know from experience that 
saying things doesn't really work unless he reads your lips. And uh, he slowly turns the opposite direction on the shoulder that you tapped him. So he looks, doesn't see anybody, and moves back to what he's doing. I'll just get his close. Lem! <gasps> Who's that? Hey, I'm new in town. Welcome to Arkham, land of a thousand mysteries. Is that you, Roy? No, it's somebody else. He looks like somebody else, but it smells and sounds like Roy. Me and Roy are good friends. Oh, okay, wink. Get your reading glasses out, Lem. Oh, let me get my reading glasses. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, you're Roy. Okay, all right, well, you, you, you saw through me. I'll give you that, Lem. Where you been, boy? You know how it is traveling the world with your job, getting away from the family as, mo- as often as you can. So fancy, can't too big for Arkham. It's not Arkham's fault. I love Arkham. It's the people who are here's fault. Oh, so sorry, so sorry. Not you, Lem. I always enjoy coming down here. Oh, uh, I've always enjoyed you too, Roy. Not that way, but of course not that way. Little old for me, Lem. Oh uh, yeah. Well, what can I do you for, Roy? Well, I got a question about an event in town, and I, you, I knew you're the man. All right. And I'll show him this po- the poster. So this carnival, what do you know about it? He takes it in both hands and sort of puts it as far away as his arms can go and then close up to his face. And he turns it upside down. Oh, it's a sideshow. Oh, that's right. The sideshow's coming in. What can you tell me about it? Where do they come from? I think they're coming in from overseas, is what I heard. Do we got any records? Have they been here before? Look, I saw them. They have some mimes. These ain't the same ones that used to be coming around as a kid, though. Mimes, you say? We better get the firearms. I agree. You know how this town is with mimes. I don't know why they thought it'd be a good idea to hire these guys. They're like a plague, I tell you. I'm pretty sure that was one of the plagues, was mimes. Mimes and locusts. Yeah, but mimes first, because locusts, I mean, you got raid and stuff for that. All them locusts. Look, I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm sure you'd agree with me. I don't want these guys in town. Yeah, mimes are the worst, but do they got clowns? They got clowns, too. They give me the heebies, and here come the jeebies. If you can get me any info about the guy who's running this, or even give me a name of who might have hired these guys in for town. Let me see what I got here. What would be a nice role, guys, for Roy to make to try to extract some information via Lemony Snickets? Well, I've known him for a while, so I could be charming him. You could charm, you could persuade, whatever's better for you. I'll go with charm. I need a 58, I got a 14, that's a hard. Oh, it says here they're from France. I guess it makes sense with the mimes. Oh, it's a, a Mr. Starbuck. It says here, and you know what? They've been here before. When was the last time they were here? It's got me wrong, but it says here like 75 years ago. Well, that could be a completely different show from then and now. You never know. They might not have even had mimes back then. Yeah, it's probably somebody bought their name and made a, what do you call it, franchise? But I guess this would be a franchise, wouldn't it? Unfortunately. If they're from France, I don't know. Look, I was worried they might be French. I had my suspicions, Lem. Suspicion confirmed. I think I'm going to have to find this Starbuck guy. Well, good luck uh, if you see him. Be careful around, won't you? I remember when I was... 43, when they came 75 years ago. It was a very unnerving experience. I can't blame you. I mean, I saw him last night, and that was just about as scared as I've been in a minute. Not that I was scared. I know you, Roy. You don't scare nothing. Exactly. All right, well, I gotta set out the rest of these pamphlets and such, and I'm sure that any minute somebody's gonna be walking in here. So you have a good day, Roy. You stay good, Lem. Keep living. Well, that's... (laughs) We'll see about that. Yeah, it's not going to be today. If it, if, it, if it wasn't the last 60 years, it's not going to be today. I'm one day away from retirement. Oh, no, he shouldn't have said that. Now he's going to get it. I guess I'll go back to that, like, sort of street where they all were last night and kind of investigate around there. They were basically going down Main Street. And you know, because you've been in Arkham many, many years, that they were headed outside of town, probably about a mile outside of town, let's say. There is a piece of ground where a lot of places and events take place, and that's probably where they have set up camp. Then I'll sort of just follow their path from last night, investigating along the way before I make it to their camp. So we'll leave you there, basically heading toward their encampment, and uh, we'll pick up with Pippa and Rocky arriving at Arkham University. And you guys uh, didn't really see 
anything unusual on your way to Arkham University. However, on the way, Pippa did receive a phone call. Arkham Realty, this is Pippa. Uh, sorry, this is Officer Quinlan. Oh, yes. Hey, uh, just want to let you know, uh, you know, we, we finished up uh, all the uh, stuff. At the detectives took a look at around the uh, evidence and everything. So we didn't really find much. We did see that there was probably just one intruder. We don't think it's like a home invasion type situation. We didn't really find any clear prints, unfortunately. There was no fingerprints or uh, no real discernible shoe prints that we could take casts from. What about the blood? Forensics did come back. We had uh, a match on that. This is good news. It was type O. Is it my type? I don't know. Are you type O? I don't know. You would know because only 6.6% of the population has it. We're looking around to see if there was any known offenders, uh, anybody who breaks into people's houses, you know, that sort of misdemeanor type stuff. And we're running that through the database now to see if, like, there's anybody out and about that we know is active, checking with uh, uh, the counties that surround us. It's a waiting game, okay? But I kind of think this is probably a one-time situation. I wouldn't worry too much about it. Uh, Like you said, they didn't really take much. I kind of think it's maybe some vandals, maybe some kids out having the fun. They got scratched, they got scared, they moved along, so... I mean, unless there's anything new you want to tell me. No, but I probably would have checked the hospitals to see if anybody checked in to get stitches for a cut that they may have received in their typo blood. But it's just me. I'm just a realtor. We did that. Uh, it was probably just a scratch, honestly. So I don't think it probably did much damage. Well, I'm meeting this guy out in a field in about an hour and I'm buying some Uzi. So hopefully that'll help. Anything else that comes up? You know, feel free to give us a call here. We'll let you know if we find anything else. But uh, at this stage, it's kind of a closed case. I'll file with my insurance company, I guess. Anyways, uh, I want to let you know, and uh, we'll be we'll be in touch. All right. Well, thanks for your help. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, uh, Miss Chatterton. Beep beep. Why did I say beep? I don't know why I said beep. Oh God, she's still there. Oh fuck. All right. Uh, so I love you. Goodbye. I throw my phone out the window. <laughs> So you guys pull up to Arkham University. Uh, good news about your house, or...? Uh, no, not really. It seems like they phoned it in. No pun intended. <laughs> well, they are a local police department, and experience has shown that they tend to do the bare minimum. Yeah. There's a bear? Well, the circus is in town. You seem to be pretty adept at this investigation stuff, so if we do find some time, maybe you and I could look around a little. If you see anything, you could help me out. Of course. Anything to help you get back? I'd appreciate it. I mean, it's tough for me to think of staying there, you know? First they said it was probably one person, then it could have been kids, then it could have been a bear. So I'd appreciate it. Thank you. I'll put in a good word with my assistant for you so you can lock that down. Right. So I was doing some research online last night, and it turns out that the university here at Arkham uh, happens to be home to a, a specialist in a very rare pursuit of study. It's called philology. It's more or less the study of dead languages. And I figured that if anybody around here might be able to tell me what these symbols are, and I'm going to hold up the bracelet, it might be them. The bracelets are going to tell you? No, the the professor who studies language. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. I'll follow you. You know where you're going? Turns out they are stationed in the, uh, the history building, which is... I'm just going to look around... This way, and start walking. Rocky makes a beeline. He's uh, studied the uh, Miskatonic University uh, map and knows exactly where the history buildings are and uh, does locate the professor's office. Why don't you give me a luck roll? I needed a 46. I rolled a 33. That's a success. Nice. And so, yeah, it appears that the professor is in... And uh, what is the professor's name? So her name is uh, Carolyn LaCroix. She's one of the leading philologists on the East Coast of the U.S. If you go into any kind of history circle and name drop her, and they're any kind of academic, they immediately know who you're talking about. She's written books. She has papers published. She is like hot stuff in academia right now. Uh, So you see uh, this rather large woman... And she's sitting behind a stout wooden desk with her feet propped up, reading a tome that probably would snap your wrists if you held it in one hand. It's a very thick book. She has these strange bifocals on, one of which is offset, so it's like slightly in front of the other and appears to be slightly larger than the other as well. You appear at her door, and she says, 
Oh, you must be Pippa and Rocky. Please come in. Yes, um, thank you for for entertaining us on such short notice, Professor. I know in your line of work you're highly requested and you, you probably don't have a whole lot of free time. But you see, I, I managed to get my hands on an artifact that has some type of writing, I believe, engraved on the back. And when I took a precursory glance, I couldn't make heads nor tails of it here. But um, if you look right here on this, this back of this bracelet and tell me what you think, and I'm going to pull it out and kind of show her where the, the markings are and hand it over. This is uh, most unusual. Please, please have a seat. And uh, Pippa, I understand uh, you are our latest uh, realtor in town. That is true. Number two. Welcome to the uh, community. Over these past few months, you have proven yourself to be a true citizen of Arkham. Now, let us take a look at this. Where did you find this unusual artifact? It actually came from um, an event. You see, there's a, a, a circus. I don't know if you, you heard the commotion on Main Street last night. No, no, I didn't. So there's a circus that was coming into town, and they did um, sort of an introductory processional down Main Street last night. And as they left, this fell off of one of the carriages that was um, part of the small parade. I guess that's not to be unexpected, because this didn't come from a circus, per se. This actually came from a promotion company. I've seen many of these printed up. They're basically 3D printed bracelets. And you can see that they've fashioned and superglued a few of these rather uh, minor gemstones to the outside to make them look as if they were worth more. And I'm afraid to break it to you, but the symbols are really just repeating the same thing over and over. It's just, uh, I've seen this particular riddle or code, if you will, uh, many times over the years. And uh, this is a code that is common among thieves. It's kind of a joke nowadays, but back in the medieval uh, times, uh, you would see this among assassins as a sort of communication device. But it's become so old hat at this point that it's, it's kind of a joke and it simply says send in the clowns i don't know if that means anything to you but that's the message that is engraved in this particular bracelet anyways i hope that helps uh yes uh sorry i really thought there was uh something a little more exciting there well i mean it's you know they're obviously just trying to drum up business but there is one symbol here towards the end i can't quite make heads or tails of that it almost looks like a candelabra with a little bit of a snake motif going on right there. It's just the one symbol. It's out of place with the rest of the pretty well-known uh, encoding. I'm not sure what to make of that. It doesn't ring any bells. I, I would certainly love to know more, obviously, because it's kind of what I do. You said that this was the some sort of traveling sideshow circus thing? Yes, it's um, apparently from some sort of traveling circus that's coming into town. I would be most grateful if you could maybe find some more information about this particular symbol. I guess I would start with who gave it out. All right, I guess. Um, you know, if I do happen to find anything on this, I will be sure to loop you in on it. I would really appreciate it, because this is uh, most curious. If you want, you can even uh, keep the bracelet, if that'll help. Uh, yeah, actually, that would be amazing. Thank you very much. I'll uh, I'll take a look and see if I can find anything in my archives. Like I said, uh, I have a mind like a steel trap, and uh, this does not ring any bells. So please let me know what you find out. Yes, I uh, most certainly will. And um, if you happen to find anything in your your research about that symbol, maybe anything that might be helpful, um, feel free to to give me a call, and I'm going to hand her a, a business card. And she exchanges hers, too, so you have her number. I'm going to take off my necklace and say, can you tell me anything about this? Why don't you go ahead and give me a luck roll? I needed a 40. I rolled a 91. You take off your necklace and extend it out to Carolyn. A look of utter terror flashes across her face, and she visibly flinches away, and she says... Oh, no, 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 please, please, you, you keep that. This is not natural. What? What's not natural? Please, please, just put it away. Put it away. Hide it. I put, put the necklace back on, put the stone back down into my shirt. She leans forward as you hide it away, and she says, Don't ever take that out in public. Why? It's something that shouldn't be seen. I'm sorry, I 
can't tell you anymore. Can I just ask you one more question? What? I have a meeting today with Professor here on campus. He had offered to purchase this from me. Professor Peasley. You're in good hands there. I suggest he move along to his office I believe he's in now. So I'll be in touch and please, please be careful. Thank you for the warning. I'll keep it hidden. Goodbye. I love you. Love you too. We still on for lunch. Yes. Rocky just slinks out. Ah, girl's talking. And the two of you leave her office. Should we just swing over and see if he's in? Maybe we can knock this out early and head on back. True. Um, I did see a couple of food trucks in between there and here. If we want to stop and grab a bite to eat. I could go for a taco. I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but my dad used to make this when I was growing up after my mom went to get better. And... It's the weirdest thing. It's not a typical taco like you would think. I've heard about it. It's a regional specialty around here, isn't it? Yeah, what was it called? It's something to do with... Was it fish? Yes, yes. A fish taco. No, it wasn't a fish taco because it was a little different. I'm sure we'll see it on the menu when we get there. Yeah, let's check the menu and see what they got. And we're going to pick up back with Roy, who is wandering through town, following the trail of the carriages and the sideshow uh, carnival. You're kind of walking along and you're like, hey, there's the drugstore. Hey, there's the tapas place. You know, And all these uh, very memorable historical places. And then suddenly, a block up, you see a bulldozer cross the street in your path. I'm walking here. As you get closer to that block, you see some sort of earth mover cross your path. Well, let's see if something else comes and establish a pattern. And so you expectantly sort of creep up to the edge of the block and look down and you see a police car. And Bugsy Jr. is behind the wheel. Hey, Ken! Oh, hey, Bugsy. Yeah, what you doing here? Just going for a little stroll? Yeah, you remember that carnival last night? That oh, could hardly forget it. Yeah, it was just pretty exciting stuff. Kind of following the path, you know. Well, yeah, I guess it's like like going to Mecca. What is it? Uh, it's I don't know. It's you know, it's heading to their camp, I guess. But was anything going on out there? I don't know, but I don't like mimes in this town, so I'm just trying to figure it out. Oh, mimes are the worst, and you see it, the short ones. They're not kids. Don't get me wrong. Look, you know, they're not kids, but they're, like, small, like... Just, I don't want to be insensitive, but... It's so hard not to be insensitive, you know? It's, uh... Mime starts with an M, and there's other words that start with an M that could represent little people, and I just... I did not go there. You know, I was talking to Len. Yeah. He told me they're French. Oh, God, don't tell me that. That's the worst. Are they imported mimes? Yeah, they're, they're, they're from overseas. They're French. Super expensive mimes? Yeah. Oh, they think they're so fancy, too. They give me the willies. Hey, look, I, I'm sorry to bug you and all. I hope you didn't uh, break your path. I know you're you're on your way to Mecca like some pilgrim or whatnot. Hey, uh, look, uh, good news. Uh, I got some heavy equipment like we talked about. So uh, we're going to basically cordon off the uh, the back of the property there and uh, take take a good look. You know what I'm saying? Well, that is good news. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. So we'll get to the bottom of it. You don't have to worry about nothing. We'll take a peek and uh, make sure there's nothing down there. And Well, this, this is good news. Yeah, I'll let you know. I'll let you know what's going on. Uh, right now, i got to make sure these guys get the proper thing. So you have a good day now, and I'll see you later. And he drives off. He drove off before I could say anything, but I... <laughs> Bye. <laughs> so you're going to continue along with your mecca? Yeah, I mean, that's not... that. That wasn't unusual enough to break my concentration we'll leave you there then and we'll pick up with uh pippa and rocky who are now satiated with uh some taco fish that's what it was i got extra mayo on mine mm -hmm. uh nothing quite like um college campus food truck food trucks yes well i mean the mayo truck was here today so yeah. oh that's probably not good. Not that kind of mayo truck. Now we have our food. Shall we um, walk? I mean, we have... It's uh, from here, I'd say maybe a five-minute walk to the building for your appointment. Yeah, we can burn off some of this food. Profe what was the professor's name again? Just, just His name is Peasley, which should be easy to remember for a child brain like me. It's got P in it. <laughs> P. We high-five each other. Ha. 
Just get a Facebook status update from Roy that says, ha. You guys uh, easily make your way to Wingate Peasley's office, where he is uh, sitting at his desk uh, eating what appears to be a cheese sandwich. Pippa, hello, hello. And uh, I'm sorry, who are you? Acquaintance of Pippa's. Uh, Hello, acquaintance. Nice to meet you. Is that your first name or your last name? That's weird. Rocky. You can just call me Rocky. Rocky. Yes. The words don't come out very nice in my mouth, but Rocky, yes. Hello. Uh, surprised um, to find uh, another person around here. The uh, similar dialect as mine. It seems uh, it's quite a rarity to find anyone around here who t- doesn't have some sort of generic accent. Yes. Well, I'm simply faking it. Don't worry about it. Yes. This is, um, just a little between you and me. You see, there really is only room enough for one fake British accent around here. And if you don't drop yours, I get a sneaking suspicion you're going to meet the long arm of my law at the wrong end of a shotgun and the deep end of a grave at the far end of a dead-end road, if you get what I'm saying. Yes, I do uh, completely understand, but please zip up your pants. I'm only peeing on this to assert my dominance. This desk belongs to me. This desk is mine. I peed on it. As they're babbling back and forth, I'm going to slowly take my necklace off and put it on the desk of the professor. And and he is watching riveted as you do so. And I'm going to do it faster because that's weird. And uh, he does uh, take it and begin to examine it. At the moment that he begins to take a closer look at it and you know indicates that you guys should sit down, Rocky's phone does vibrate in his pocket. Step back from the the desk a bit towards the door and kind of turn around and I'm going to pull my phone out and see why it's vibrating. Wingate does lean forward and uh, examine the Starstone with Pippa watching closely. He says, oh, uh, most unusual. Yes, this is exactly what your father kept. Now, as we met last time, I did promise you that I had some letters from him. These are the stacks of letters I found. And he gives you like a nice little stack of letters, which you quickly like look through, like just like you're you're just so amazed and surprised and delighted to see your father's handwriting. You quickly uh, read it and digest what he was trying to say, but one particular note stands out to you, my, my dearest Wingate. Believe, believe it or not, not I, I found, found one of the Yithian star stones. It was, it was right where you said, said it should be. be. In the main crypt chamber, just outside Athens, I must confess, as I removed it from the sarcophagus, I felt as though alien eyes were watching me from behind the veil of reality. Once I returned to Manhattan, I had our mutual acquaintance fashion it into a necklace. I will wear it on my person until the day I die. You have my word. Pippa likes the color. Perhaps in time, she will inherit the guardianship. We need all the help we can get. An assault on the library city could prove catastrophic. Any luck locating the other two stones? I'm available any time for another expedition. Just say the word. Yours in faith, Nicholas Chatterton. Papa. So you see, uh, Pippa, this is why you must never take it off. Okay, I understand. Have you found the other two? No, unfortunately, your father passed away before we were able to continue our research and our work. I thought I had pinpointed them somewhere overseas in France, but I have hope that perhaps in time you might be persuaded to take up your father's quest. It is very tempting, but I'm so focused on my career right now. I understand. Perhaps you're not ready at this stage and i completely understand that and to be honest i have not yet pinpointed the location so i do have appointments to meet with my colleagues in boston university to have access to the archives and their documents and i'm hoping in time to triangulate the location of the other two stones maybe we should talk then yeah so and if there's anything you need like to sell your house or to buy a house just let me know i will help if you have any friends or family that are in the market, too, just, you know, here's... I'll give them five cards. Thank you, I suppose. Uh, yeah, okay. Yes, uh, well, if you need me for anything, here is my card. Please feel free to call me anytime, day or night. And, again, by all means, consider the guardianship, but keep the stone safe. I will. And I treat my clients like family. 
So you can pass that along too. Pippa looks up to see Rocky putting away his phone with a slight smile on his face. He looks quite satisfied because the SIM card has changed the message from pending to 10% received. So something is happening. A status bar has appeared. It's happening. Also, there is a text message from Charlene. God damn it, who gave her this number? Pippa. And it simply says, meet later. I put my hand on Rocky's arm. It can't hurt to try. She is a sweet girl. I gotta go to the bathroom because that taco's not settling. I run out of the room. As she's running away, I'm just going to very quietly say, it's not me that I'm worried about. The last thing I need is to bring someone else into this. So we'll uh, pick up with Roy, who is just now in sight of the encampment. And it appears it's complete chaos. People are putting up tents and there's all these carriages parked around, people feeding horses. It looks like it's a carnival sideshow getting ready for what's to come. Well, I'll try and target the least busy person I can find. Uh, so, yeah, you see there's a, what looks to be a, a young boy who is kind of picking his nose, sitting on a bale of hay near some of the horses. And you make your way towards him, and suddenly a shadow crosses your path. And you look up to see an enormous, muscled individual with thick gold bracers around each wrist shaved completely bald a nose ring studs in his ears and he's about six feet five inches easily outclasses you by twice your weight and he stares down at you he says hello governor where do you think you're going i well i was gonna talk to the kid but modern primitive you'll do where's your leader at I don't see no press release out of you. Where's your badge? My badge? I'm the most popular man in this town. You don't look very popular. Where's your entourage? That's stupid. All right, you want to know who I am? Give Ken Burns a Google. Ken Burns? Hang on. He pulls out this little tiny phone. Little clamshell. Ken Burns is not on the list. I said give him a Google. Trust me, you wanted Ken Burns' documentary about this place. Listen up here, punk. I'll give you a Google if you don't beat it. Is that a threat now? Is a British person really threatening me? That's a threat. I don't know if I'm British or not, but that's a threat. Is a carnival person really threatening me, eh? It's not like I'm from France. That's not what French people sound like. I just assumed that he was the British muscle. Would you rather talk to a mime? No, mimes aren't people. I only deal with human beings. Well, why don't you beat feet? How about I beat your feet? And then you hear a voice behind him say, Now, Rolf, let the young man in. And he steps aside sheepishly, and you see this tall... Six-foot, muscular woman dressed in flowing scarlet robes with a scintillating yellow cape standing behind him with her arms crossed but a wide, welcoming smile on her face. Tongue rolls out, eyes bulge. Well, who do we have here? Ken Burns, is it? The one and the same. What can I help you with, Ken? I'm looking for a meeting with Starbuck. But a meeting with you will do just as well. Well, allow me to introduce myself. I am Madame Starbuck. And this is my traveling sideshow. Oh. Well, that was easy. Tune in next time as we play another reel of the Lovecraft Tapes. So we have to wait till next week to have her step on Roy. She's not that much taller than me, unfortunately. Kind of disappointed when you stopped at six. I was waiting for the six and. She's not, you know, a nine foot eight vampire mom. <laughs> As I say, is she nine foot eight? So we had a lot of new information this time around. Uh, let me know what you're thinking. Um, I didn't realize how important this my stone is, the star stone. Or that there were two others. So now I'm very intrigued. I want to go find the two other stones. See what happens when they all go together. I could become Gem. I want to be a hologram. Well, since the uh, the bracelet was kind of a bust, sans that one strange symbol at this point, I really don't have a whole lot to go on. Still like to do some. I still feel like there's some digging to be done into the the circus itself. 
it really has been, you know, going on as long as we think it have. It has to have some sort of history somewhere that can give us a little more information on who they are and where they're from and what they want. Because I think at this point, there's, at least in my mind, that the circus is what we really need to be focusing on. I think they're kind of going to be our, our central our central focus for this investigation. I don't like mimes or French people. Unless you're, unless you're a patron who is French, I like you. I will support anything if it gives me enough money. Alright guys, well now it's time for some hashtag recommendos where we share some of our geeky obsessions please roll some sweet d we're gonna go gabe then me then brian then matt gabe start us off please uh so this week uh, i'm gonna res- recommend big japan pro wrestling japan is a country that i find annoying because i find it over the top in a lot of ways in their media and such but big japan pro wrestling is one of those ways that their over-the-topness is is really good for me because it is stupid. It's a really stupid thing, and it's a lot of fun. It's a very violent, very loud company. I don't even think they do like English commentary, but if they were, I wouldn't want to hear it because it's probably inferior. This is uh, this is one of those companies that's in the vein of ECW, CZW, XPW. It's, uh, it's about as violent as I can imagine. It's definitely more violent than all of those. If you like New Jack matches, this is the place for you to go. They're, they specialize in like over-the-top stupid death matches, like light tube matches, uh, crocodile death matches, scorpion. They have a match called the Big Japan WWE Crisis Big Born Hell in a Cell death match. They do a lot of crossboard razor death matches. It's a fun blood and guts kind of thing. You got Jun Kasai, Ryuji Ito, Abduya Kobayashi are three of the guys that, you know, if you see their names on a match, just give the match a watch because it's worth it because those guys are all insane. They're all going to slam light tubes and do whatever they can to make the other guy hurt. It's a good time. It's a very silly thing because I find most Japanese wrestling is very silly for whatever reason. Like, they juxtapose literal attempted murder with like dancing pretty easily i don't know how they do it but it's a good time and it's just a completely different style of wrestling they do a lot of crossover with czw but like honestly i don't think those crossovers are that well because czw is more i'm gonna punch you with glass on my fist and big japan pro wrestling is more i'm gonna body slam a cactus on you it's looney tunes bullcrap and That's how I like my wrestling when I, you know, when I'm in that kind of mood. You know, I like technical stuff, but every time, every once in a while, I just want to see a monkey get hit in the face. It's fun. Uh, So that's big Japan pro wrestling. Punching monkeys in the face? I'm in. But sort of on the opposite end of that spectrum is my recommendo. I don't know if you guys know, but I grew up in Michigan, right? And here in Michigan, we're like kind of a meat and potatoes kind of you know, Midwestern. We grew up like just eating really crappy food. How dare you badmouth craft macaroni and cheese? But I am not super cool with eating a whole lot of meat these days. And so when I found out about and tried Beyond Meat, I was sort of sold. So uh, that is my recommendo, Beyond Meat. And Beyond Meat makes burgers and brats and Italian sausage and breakfast sausage. Back in the old days, these sorts of vegetarian options didn't really do a lot for me. I I tried a lot of them and I was like, "Ah, it's not, not that great. Over the course of the pandemic, we got pretty intimate with the meat substitute. We actually bought the um, normal stuff that you can get at the grocery store, but we also got directly from Beyond Meat, uh, the cookout pack so it's like these sort of prefab discs that i really did not have great hopes for they look fake whereas the beyond burger stuff looks like burger well by the time we got through this package it was like pretty obvious it's all about the preparation and you basically no matter what the product is if you brush it with grapeseed oil or some olive oil and rub this stuff down before you toss it on the grill for instance and i've done it also in cast iron it's fine of any other preparation will elevate this thing to pretty much indistinguishable from meat so we had a ton of burgers a ton of brats and got to the point where it tastes as good if not better than normal meat. And over the course of a year, I lost about 20 pounds because we ate a lot less meat. 
I feel better about it, and it's great, and why wouldn't you do it? I mean, the prices are starting to come down, and they're they're getting more and more products out there, and they're actually refining their uh, mix and their recipe. It's great. So Beyond Meat is my recommendo. It's kind of a weirdo off-the-topic one, but I would encourage anybody, if you haven't tried vegetarian stuff lately, give these guys a try. So it looks like we have Brian is next. I'm going to recommend an oldie but a goodie. I just rediscovered this on HBO Max. It's uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. It's a trio of fast food items that works to solve mysteries. The brains of the group is Frylock. He's a floating container of french fries. (laughs) There's Master Shake which is basically like the hype man who tears down everybody and insults them, but it's not too bright, but thinks he's always right. And then there's the, not the brightest, but it has the most courage, Meat Wad, just a ball of meat rolling around on the ground. And they have adventures with their neighbor and with people from space. And uh, the best part about it is Schooly D does the narration. That took me way back when I started watching it again. I'm like, oh, yeah, I totally forgot that Schooly D was in this. So t- take a look at it. It's a great show. All 11 seasons, yes, 11, are on HBO Max. Check it out. It's Aqua Teen Hunger Force on HBO. Matt, why don't you close this out? This week, I got a really neat little indie gem uh, entitled Call of the Sea. So the year is 1934, and you step into the shoes of a woman named Nora. She is on an expedition to a little-known island in in the far reaches of the South Pacific. Uh, her husband uh, was there not too long before her on an expedition, and him and his whole team went missing. And so Nora takes it upon herself to venture to this island to try and find out what happened to him. Where did he go? You know, what happened to the rest of the team? Why has nobody reported back? And it's a very tight story driven game and it's a really good story i don't want to say too much it's something that you should experience on its own but it does very much have a lovecraftian twist at the end it's really well paced it has some really well done puzzles nothing too crazy uh there are a couple of them that took me a little longer than i expected but there was no point was i like ready to crack a controller over someone's head because it was really obtuse. What I like about it is while it does have a little bit of a Lovecraftian flair to it, they didn't do the normal Lovecraftian game thing where everything is dark and brooding and someone's, you know, it's a really bright game. It's a really colorful game. And they do a really good job bringing this this mysterious island to life. So if you're looking for a fairly short uh, story-driven game, then you don't mind doing some, some puzzling here and there. I highly highly suggest you pick up call of the sea cool we'll check that out and that's going to be it for this episode of the lovecraft tapes thank you for listening please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you prefer if you like what you hear though please leave brian a review he could use it right about now meanwhile you can find us at thelovecrafttapes.com with links to all our hashtag recommendos and social media channels including reddit YouTube, and our Discord server, where you can chat with us in real time. You can find me on Twitter at LovecraftTapes. If anybody happens to know a French mime that I can hire to pop up outside of Gabe's window at the godforsaken hours of the night, uh, you know, hit me up on Twitter at the Real Weird Kid, and we can uh, we can discuss doing some business. And if I am one of the many people that I probably offended, you can get no response from me at Lovecraft Gabe. If uh, any of you guys are looking for a place to sell or buy or anything you can reach out to my new assistant brian at brian podcasts until next time roll for vampire mommy the lovecraft tapes podcast is copyright 2021 for more information and sponsorship opportunities please send email to podcast at the lovecrafttapes.com Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes.